This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. This is Knowledge at Wharton, and you're listening to Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Since the passage of the GOP tax bill, a wave of companies have announced bonuses, pay raises, and other benefits for their employees. And while a $1,000 bonus isn't a lot considering their bottom lines, it is a positive for those workers who are still battling rising costs. So what is the actual effect of this move? We asked that question and others of Alan Auerbach, who's a professor of economics and professor of law at the University of California at Berkeley. He's also director of the Center for Tax Policy and Public Finance there. And also joining us is uh, Daniel Hemmel, assistant professor of law at the University of Chicago. Alan, Dan, great to have you both back with us. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. So, what's uh, Dan, what's been your reaction to these moves of the, as they have kind of played out? I think I'm pretty unimpressed by these bonuses uh, for three reasons. First of all, there are fewer than 130 million full-time workers in the United States, uh, and the cost of the GOT, GOP tax plan over the course of 10 years is more than $1.4 trillion. Uh, so we can do the math. Um, 130 million times $1,000 a year is $130 billion times 10 years is $1.3 trillion. So for less than the cost of the GOP tax plan, we could have given everyone a bonus of $1,000 a year. Uh, and this is a one-time uh, bonus. Second, um, the case for the tax cuts has to be that companies are doing, this, uh, doing something other than just giving the money to workers. Because the federal government's pretty good at giving money to people. Social Security is a great payment processor. So the case has to be that uh, they're, they're making investment decisions that the government wouldn't make. Um, so these $1,000 bonuses uh, don't show that. And the third point, uh, it's a little bit esoteric, but I think it's uh, important. Um, because of uh, the way that corporate fiscal years work, um, there are a lot of companies that have uh, – fiscal years and tax years that don't line up with the calendar year. So right. Home Depot's uh, tax year starts at the beginning of February. Uh, so, and, and that makes sense. They get a lot of returns uh, of uh, merchandise after the holiday shopping season. Um, but what this means to do, what this means is they want to move expense from uh, t- fiscal year 2019, which for them starts at the beginning of uh, 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 February, to the prior fiscal year. Right. And the way yeah. to do that uh, is, sorry, they want to move expense that way, and they want to move uh, income in the other direction. So what they want to do is give bonuses before the end of January uh, that they can uh, use to reduce the profit that gets taxed at, in their case, close to a 35% rate, and then they'll have more profit taxed at a 21% rate. Uh, so I think of this as a smart tax play by Home Depot. Nothing wrong with it, but I don't mm-hmm. expect these $1,000 bonuses to, to continue. Alan? Well, I, I think uh, looking at it from the perspective of an economist, I, one point I'll pick up on is one wouldn't necessarily expect from the structure of the tax cut uh, to see uh, bonuses coming out of that. This is a somewhat unexpected uh, development, at least in terms of uh, standard economic analysis. The argument for the tax cuts was to make companies more competitive, make them invest more, uh, perhaps in the process of doing so, hire more workers, but uh, these are not bonuses uh, for new workers. These are bonuses for existing workers. Uh, so in some sense, I view this as um, an indication of a couple of things. First of all, uh, perhaps you might say a little public relations on the part of companies that uh, are doing much better uh, 
uh, you know, for a tax bill that wasn't necessarily favored by a large fraction of the population. Uh, and if you look at the companies that are giving them a lot, there are a lot of companies, for, for example, financial companies, yeah. that weren't really the focus of the, uh, of the arguments of you know, making things in America and, and strengthening our exports and so forth. Um, these are companies that benefited uh, greatly from the tax cut, but we're not expect necessarily expecting to see expanding their operations uh, uh, in the U.S. Uh, a second thing is I think it's a general indication of the tightness of the labor market. One of the puzzles that we've had over the last year or so is that the labor market's get, been getting tighter and tighter. The unemployment rate's down to 4.1%. Labor force participation has been creeping up, even though it's still not where it was before the recession. And in cases like this in the, in the past, we would normally expect to see uh, wage increases uh, that are starting to be pretty substantial. And wages went up about 2.5% last year, which is, is really not much more than the rate of inflation. Right. And so, in a way, to me, this, I think, is an indication, perhaps uh, not, not an expected one, but perhaps an indication of the tightening labor market. Well, do you believe then, that like, uh, like Daniel mentioned, that, that these are basically going to be one-offs? Uh, the well, company- I think, I think the fact that they're being uh, structured as bonuses rather than salary increases strongly suggest that they're one-off. Right. 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. I think it's going to be interesting for a lot of people, uh, Alan and Dan, uh, to see what kind of the reaction is of the American public coming up, I I would imagine, in a few days or if not a few days in the next couple of weeks, uh, if their paychecks are going up a little bit. Uh, And obviously... When you talk about bottom line for some of these people, whatever that increase may be, if it's $50 a month or every two weeks or whatever it might be, there's going to be some kind of positive out of it. I'd be interested to get your opinion on what the potential impact of that end of this is going to be. Dan? Well, the IRS has taken a reasonably aggressive position on uh, withholding, um, suggesting that uh, employers should should cut the amount that they withhold in wages. I think some employees are going to react to that with um, some concern. They don't want to end up having to pay a penalty at the end of the year for um, for under withholding. Right. So I think there's there's a lot of uncertainty about okay, I'm getting more in my paycheck, but am I going to owe more to the federal government in April of 2019? Right. Um, People are also going to file their taxes over the course of the next uh, several months, um, and they're not going to see a tax cut uh, in right. April 20, uh, 2018. So I think a lot of people will be confused, uh, not understanding the way that uh, tax years and calendar years uh, work. Um, here they've been promised a tax, tax cut, but they're paying just as much as they were the year before. Alan? Well, I think there may be some increase in demand uh, for for the consumer products as a result of these uh, bonuses. And I think that feeds into the general concern uh, that uh, policymakers, especially at the Fed, have had uh, about the effects of the tax cut. In general, forecasters have uh, raised their forecast for GDP growth for this year, reflecting stronger demand coming from the tax cut. Uh, this is one channel through which that might happen, and that in turn might lead to a 
more rapid increase in interest rates by the Fed this year than had been previously anticipated. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the banks a second ago because a, a couple of the banks, uh, obviously as part of this whole process, also announced that, that they were going to raise uh, hourly hourly pay for some of their workers as well, which obviously has been a big topic in general, Alan, about you know uh, whether the, the, the minimum wage should be raised uh, across the United States or not. But it is interesting that, that the banking institutions, at least some of them, took uh, the initiative on that. Yes, it is. I, th- I think there's, you know, there's a great deal of heterogeneity in the U.S. labor market. The companies that announce bonuses and/or wage increases uh, as a result of, of of this legislation are companies that generally are doing quite well. Uh, many of them are in the financial sector, other uh, sort of uh, standard U.S. companies that that uh, have very strong market uh, shares, and those are companies that are in the best position to pay higher wages. Uh, maybe they haven't had to. Until now, as I said before, I think tightening labor markets do have something to do with this, even if the the timing is uh, associated with the tax cut. I don't think that's necessarily going to lead to higher wages for the population as a whole. It may right. be among stronger companies, but at least it is a movement in that direction. Dan? I agree with Alan that this is uh, a, a great tax bill for corporations that are up right now, uh, and and not good for corporations that are just struggling to get by uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, one is there are new limits on net operating loss uh, carry forwards. You can only use uh, these your, your losses from past years to offset 80% of taxable income, uh, and you can't uh, you can't carry back anymore. You used to be able to carry back a couple of years. Um, so as a result, there are some companies that aren't making money uh, that are going to um, and used to be able to use losses to offset their tax that are going to see their tax bills rise. Second, some of those companies are also taking on a lot of debt. Um, and it used to be that you could use that uh, interest expense to offset uh, taxable income. Now you can only do that up to uh, 30% of earnings before uh, interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Um, so if you're, if you're just squeaking by, uh, this tax bill, uh, if you're a corporation just uh, squeaking by, uh, this really nails you in two ways. And how many of those corporations are, are the ones that uh, obviously have been talking about bringing uh, money back from overseas or bringing uh, plants or jobs back from overseas? Probably not a lot of them. Right. I think as a result of the new interest expense rules, we are going to see some money that is coming back from overseas. Now, it wasn't like there was a lot of cash just sitting around uh, in Ireland and Bermuda. This money was largely in U.S. banks and U.S. Treasury notes. Um, But there were companies that were borrowing in the United States and holding cash overseas, and now they have an incentive to bring that cash back to the United States uh, and pay down their debt. A lot of it is essentially uh, an accounting change rather than a change in uh, what's happening on the ground. 844-942-7866 is the number. If you would like to join in, your comments are welcome. 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. So, Alan, what is your general feeling, at least early on, about what 2018 is going to look like for the U.S. economy and for uh, for uh, a lot of these co- companies right now? Well, I think the, the overriding factor is the environment that existed before the tax cut, which is that the U.S. economy has been strengthening. As I mentioned before, the unemployment rate is now quite low. Uh, growth 
forecasts, uh, even before the tax cut, were for a reasonable growth next year. They've, they've now, they're now up you know, closer to 3%. So the U.S. is uh, going to have a pretty good year. A, a large factor there also is that the economies outside the United States have been getting much stronger. Europe, for example, has seen much uh, stronger growth and expects to see uh, a good year this year. So we're, we're in a phase now where there's uh, coordinated growth around the world, in most in most parts of the world, and uh, that certainly helps the U.S. in terms of demand for our exports as well. So we're going to be at a period where uh, we we certainly have enough demand for products. The issue is going to be uh, what you know what the path of interest rates is, yeah. and that's always a delicate process because at least in the past, monetary policy has sometimes uh, been the the cause of uh, of the end of of, of our expansions and. Uh, you know, we have a new management at the Fed. We have a lot of open positions at the Fed, and the direction in which monetary policy takes, I think, is going to be very crucial this year. Dan, I agree with uh, Alan's analysis of uh, structural factors, and it seems to me that this is just a very strange time for economic stimulus. And what this tax plan is is a lot of economic stimulus over the course of a 10-year period. Uh, in many cases, front-loaded toward the beginning of that 10-year period. So you can't borrow infinitely forever, uh, and you can inject fuel into the economy uh, in, in a downtime uh, by borrowing. But um, by borrowing lots now, uh, we're probably reducing our ability um, to, to um, stimulate the economy when the economy really needs uh, a stimulus at some time in the future. The way for you to join in is either by phone at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. So, Dan, do you think the, the, the bonuses that a lot of these companies gave out, and obviously the the decision to make them is is one thing, but uh, do you believe that, that realistically they shouldn't have been made by the by the companies? Like that we didn't need to bring these forward at this point? Uh, no, I, I am certainly not criticizing Home Depot for right. uh, paying $1,000 more to, I guess, workers who have been there for more than 20 years. Most Home yeah. Depot workers are getting something like a $200 bonus um, from this. I think that that's, that's great um, and probably inevitable that wages will rise uh, when the labor market tightens. But if all this tax bill is doing is increasing paychecks, well, we could have increased paychecks uh, uh, without – uh, we could have increased paychecks a lot for 10 years for less of a deficit impact uh, than this tax plan will have. Alan? Well, I, I agree with that. I, I, I you know, e- even though I w- I'm not happy about all the provisions in the tax bill, I think there is a likelihood that there will be some uh, long-run improvement in the U.S. business climate. Uh, having a low cor- such a low corporate tax rate, I, I, I think, inevitably is going to attract more business to the United States. That's not to say that uh, the tax bill, as it was structured, was necessary. Uh, I, I think those effects will linger. Of course, it, a lot of it depends on uh, what, what we do with uh, the tax bill in the future. There are so many temporary provisions that we're going to have to revisit this uh, over the next 10 years. Uh, but I, I do think there, there are some structural changes in the economy that are going to happen that, that go beyond the wage increases we're seeing right now. So then where do you... I'm sorry. So, so where then do you see the potential pitfalls with all of this uh, well, moving I think forward? The biggest, I, I think the biggest pitfall is, which is, has already come up, is the, the very large deficit increases that are associated with this. That's not yeah. only leading to uh, stim, uh, fiscal stimulus right now when we, when, when it's actually probably counterproductive, but but also to 
uh, likelihood that we're going to need to uh, to have offsetting measures at some point in the future. And, of course, there's a lot of concern that may lead to uh, cu- uh, cuts, pretty draconian cuts in spending. It may also lead to tax increases, which, which happened in the 80s after the Reagan first Reagan tax cuts. And it may also lead to uh, a, a, a lot of fiscal pressure if we don't do anything. Uh, you know, if we hit the next recession with very high debt-to-GDP ratio, that could, that could uh, uh, present us with uh, serious problems for dealing with it. Dan? I agree with Alan that there are uh, lots of elements of the tax plan that ought to be praised. I think Democrats and Republicans agreed that the corporate tax rate was too high. It was ma- making American business uh, less competitive than it ought to be. Um, even President Obama wanted to get uh, corporate tax yeah. rates uh, below 30 percent. Um, I think on the individual side, I mean, the, the tax cuts are weighted heavily uh, toward the very wealthy. Um, they have a, a distributional impact that seems to me uh, exactly opposite what we would want to do uh, during times of rising income inequality. Uh, Moreover, there are a lot of provisions here that are just needlessly complex. Uh, So for small businesses, figuring out how to deal with this new qualified business income provision, this new pass-through deduction, it's great that they're getting a a tax break, um, but actually figuring out how to calculate their taxes uh, is really going to be a headache over the course of the next few years. And there was really no need for that level of complexity complexity in this other than that they were just rushing at the end. Alan, you mentioned spending a moment ago, and I wanted to touch on this for a second because there are a lot of people out there that when you look at spending, especially surrounding the federal government, that there probably are areas that that could be trimmed, Uh, not necessarily, you know, an overall, you know, cut of the knife, but there are probably a lot of areas that that you could be able to trim some. Well, if you look at the federal budget now and if uh, and in uh, the years to come, given given trends, the the federal budget is basically five components: interest, of course, yeah, and then the uh, spending programs are the defense budget, Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. Once you take those components out of the budget, you're really not left with very much, right? And so when people talk about you know controlling spending and the federal government, that they're really talking about that, and course, there are strong constituencies for those, those areas, and they're not necessarily the same constituents right. for defense and the, and the three big entitlement programs. But any spending cuts that are going to make a difference in the, in the future are going to have to come out of those areas. And, of course, we, we, may, we may very well have to do that, uh, but, but that's where the, the action is going to be. Uh, GDP is obviously, as you mentioned, Alan, been a, a closely watched topic. The the latest number for the fourth quarter was two point six percent, which was a little bit lower than the prior quarters, uh, but still a, a, a pretty solid number in your in in my mind. Is it in yours as well? Yes, and and I you know that's that's uh, as I as I said, I think forecasts for next year are, are a little bit higher than that uh, to a large extent because of the uh, of the tax cut. Uh, and and so you know that the U.S. particularly given the very low unemployment rate already, that that represents a, a strong economy. Dan, uh, I agree that the uh, the fact that GDP forecasts are looking pretty good makes it all the more puzzling why you would want a Keynesian stimulus today. 
844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Part of this, I guess, Daniel, is also just the understanding of what the tax bill is, whether it be from the consumer or whether it is the the corporation as well. I mean, obviously, there is the headline number for corporations of, of the rates going down, but there are probably also a lot of uh, little pieces behind the scenes that they are having to try and figure out at this point as well. Right. I think there's some complexity on the the corporation side and a lot of complexity uh, on the individual side, um, uh, particularly for uh, individuals who are sole proprietors or uh, who have their own LLCs. Um, there, there's, there are also ways in which the tax bill will affect individuals, will really uh, uh, have a pocketbook impact on them uh, that they might never really be aware of. So one of the most important changes in the new tax plan um, is a change from fixed weight to chained CPI. Uh, that's that's the inflation measure that we use to calculate everything from the earned income tax credit to the standard deduction to estate tax exemptions. Um, and as a result of uh, this change in the inflation measure, we're going to uh, be paying more in 2027, 2028, 2029 than we would if this tax plan had never been uh, passed before. But most people will never know that because they're not going to recalculate the brackets and the earned income tax credit and the deductions uh, in uh, an alternative scenario in which we had kept the same inflation measure. So, so people will be paying a cost uh, without really uh, that cost ever becoming salient to them. Alan? Well, I, I think if one's talking about the uh, elements of the, uh, of the tax bill that led to tax increases, there are two different ways of looking at it. The chain CPI is one. You can look at the, another big uh, provision, which was the capping of the deduction for state and local taxes. Those are both proposals that people who favor tax reform over the years uh, have, have suggested. They they make sense for a variety of reasons in terms of simplifying the tax code, making it more accurately measure uh, people's incomes and ability to pay. Uh, I think part of the problem is that they uh, were used here not so much as a uh, way of introducing a simplified uh, reform tax system, but more as a re- way of raising revenue. They they weren't phased in. They weren't coupled with offsetting uh, tax cuts to leave people uh, in a similar uh, position in terms of their tax liability. Uh, they were more used to pay for tax cuts elsewhere in the uh, tax system. You know, you could, you could go through the entire tax bill and find lots of things that make sense. Uh, it's just that the package as a whole isn't necessarily very coherent. Great having you both again with us. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Dan. All the best. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.